Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning in Wax and another nice morning out there. Man, we're 47 degrees around here as we've got clouds, southerly breezes blowing in and a few clouds now, but probably another hour, hour and a half, those clouds will pretty much blow out of here. Give us a partly cloudy day, southerly breezes, high right around 60. As I looked ahead at the forecast, I don't see a chance of rain in this forecast till next Friday. So a whole week out, there isn't really a chance for uh, anything that would be called an area-wide rain. So again, enjoy the weather. You're doing some harvesting. Do it safely. Shank of the day, chore time on wax. I'm Bob. Jill, of course, uh, our Jill Wilkie is down in Indianapolis at the National FFA Convention. And we have a winner. We'll tell you about that as we go along. A winner from our area, a national winner. Yeah, you get down there to the Indianapolis Convention. You win down there, you're a national winner. And we'll talk about that as we go along this morning. Also reports on the Mississippi River. It's low. It's almost, uh, you feel like the good Lord. You could walk on water across the Mississippi River in some places. It's getting so low. Also, uh, that hurricane down in Florida, very, very expensive. A new weed. I've never heard of this one, but they found it in Iowa. So we'll uh, talk about that because what they find in Iowa eventually seems to come our way. And a busy weekend around the area as well. So lots to talk about this morning here on Wax, including an awfully nice weather forecast. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, awfully nice weather around the area. Most everybody around here is in the 40s. It's uh, down as you go south where they get into the 30s. Viroqua, 30s. Uh, Madison's only 37. But everybody else pretty much in the 40s right now. We'll get about 60 under partly cloudy skies with some southerly breezes. 65 and sunny tomorrow. 63 on Sunday. 62 on Monday. 67 on Tuesday. Wednesday, partly cloudy and 68. And as I said earlier, I don't see any rain in this forecast until about next Friday, a week from today. So keep an eye on that. And we'll keep an eye on Mike Dandry, our weatherman, as uh, FFA. And we'll have reports from 
down in Indianapolis. Jill will be along later with a national winner. And the Friday session, the fourth session, will start at 8 o'clock this morning. More Agriculture Proficiency Awards will be presented, the National FFA Agri-Science Fair, and a lot of folks from our area involved in that, especially from the New Auburn FFA. National FFA Band playing today. Honorary American FFA Degree Ceremony. Mike Sable and uh, Cheryl Zimmerman, along with her late husband, Mark, uh, ag teacher at Spencer, and just a young guy from uh, Eau Claire, passed away this summer. They will receive those degrees, plus lots of other things going on at the uh, National Convention in Indianapolis. Thanks to H&S Manufacturing and Nasonville Dairy for sponsoring our report. Friday morning at Wax. Again, it's going to be 60, partly cloudy today, partly sunny. You're going to like it. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's start it off with news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. More than 13.8 million Americans in 44 states have already cast their ballots ahead of the November 8th midterm elections. As of Thursday, Florida voters have cast the most early ballots, with 1.9 million already voting. China is still the top threat to U.S. national security interests, according to the Pentagon. Mark Mayfield reports. The newly released National Defense Strategy says China is the only competitor with both the intent to reshape the international order and the power to do so. The country was also listed as the only one who could challenge the U.S. militarily, economically, technologically, and diplomatically. The Pentagon listed Russia as an acute threat in its ongoing battle with Ukraine, but said it cannot challenge America in the long term the way China could. I'm Mark Mayfield. South Korean military officials say North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the sea off the east coast of the Korean Peninsula today. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said the military has strengthened its surveillance and vigilance in response to the North's latest weapons test. The New York Post said on Thursday it fired an employee who posted racist, violent, and sexually explicit headlines lines targeting politicians on the newspaper's website and Twitter account. The Post said in a statement that it immediately removed what it called the vile and reprehensible content. The offensive content was aimed at President Biden, his son Hunter, progressive New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and New York City Mayor Eric Adams. You're listening to NBC News Radio. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll update the weather for you in a minute. There's not much to tell you. It's just a nice forecast for a week. But maybe uh, more important and more timely is the fact that you could win a half a hog for the harvest. As a thank you for all your hard work out there, the farm team here at Wax is giving the gift of pork this season. You could win a half a hog and a chest freezer courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. It's easy to do. Oh, you don't leave the house. Go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com or on your app to register. Again, half a hog and a chest freezer from Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. Go to Midwest Farm Report at waxradio.com. Or go on your app to register. And again, thanks to all the farmers here in our area 
from yours truly as well as Jill and Kristen in the farm department. So, uh, again, win that hog, that half a hog. Good stuff. Weather, well, partly cloudy to partly sunny now through next Thursday. Temperatures in the 60s, then maybe a chance of rain next Friday. Right now it's 44 in Wausau and Rice Lake, 41 in Medford, 43 in Marshfield, 46 in La Crosse, 47 in Green Bay. Madison Sun Prairie, a little cool this morning there, 37 is 50 in Milwaukee, and a very nice 47 degrees on a Friday morning at Wax. Let's check some other numbers. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And you'll like the crack of dawn this morning because we're going to have another nice day. Southerly breezes, as we've been telling you. Just a partly cloudy to partly sunny day. High is going to be right around 60. Well, on the cash livestock trade, as we get here towards the end of the week, choice-fed beef steers trading 130 to 141. Choice-fed heifers 130 to 140. Choice Holstein steers, 125 to 140. Select silage-fed Holsteins, 92 to 124. Cows, 64 to 91. The bulls, 82 to 105. Butcher hogs, 62 to 94 this week. Sows, 53 to 62. Boars, 15 to 34. In the sheep and lamb trade, shorn market lambs, dollar to a dollar five. Unshorn lambs, 95 to 105. Feeder lambs, 75 to 165. And the futures for livestock yesterday lower across the board. December live cattle, 153.42, down 15. February at 156.85, down 17. And April live cattle, 159.50, down 7. Feeder cattle for November, 178.12, down 70. January, 180.45, down 80. March, 182.45, down 60. And April at 186.32, that was also down 60 cents. Lean hog carcass contracts, uh, they were down in uh, big time drops. December hogs, 85.12, down 337. February, 88.15, down 285. April hogs, 92.12, down 205. And May at 96.77, down $1.42. On the board of trade, uh, again, trying to get some traction. It's hard to do. Corn and wheat, beans, they were lower as, uh, well, poor corn sales, rain coming in in the winter wheat area, and bean oil prices fell, demand fell yesterday, so we looked at some lower markets. And overnight, the trend continues, December corn down 4 at 6.78 a bushel this morning, oats at 3.59, December wheat down 9 to 10 cents overnight at 8.28, November soybeans down 8 cents at 13.74, December meal down $1.90 at $413.50. Dairy markets again under pressure. Barrel cheese down five and a half at one ninety-two and a half. Block cheese down three and three quarters at $1.96. Butter down a half a cent at three fourteen and a half. October class three milk, that's the only up arrow we have, up a nickel at twenty one eighty three. November down eight at twenty thirty nine. Then we're getting into some eighteen dollar milk. December down 30 cents at 18.80. January down 22 at 18.91. February down 6 at 19.27. That's the way the markets look. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. It's 10 minutes after 5 o'clock. 47 degrees right now. We'll get 60 with some southerly breezes today. Should be a nice one. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
And again, our reports from Indianapolis National FFA Convention this week brought to you by the Nasonville Dairy. And, of course, the uh, Nasonville Dairy over there in the Marshfield area proudly supporting over 180 local dairy farms while producing award-winning cheeses and fresh cheese curds daily. Also, H&S Manufacturing, Marshfield and Clintonville. You're looking for a good job? Nice are the folks at H&S hiring right now. Well, the Thursday night session saw the national officers recognizing their parents, presenting them honorary FFA degrees. Agri-Science Fair and National Chapter Awards were handed out, and we're going to talk to a winner from our area in a National Proficiency Award competition coming up in a moment. Also, our Central Region Vice President, Courtney Zimmerman, from the Spencer FFA, delivered her retiring address to a huge crowd. You could hear Jill Zimmerman sends this report, and uh, Jill Welke, rather, sends this report. He said, you could have heard a pin drop as Courtney delivered her message about accepting life's events. Looking forward to what's next, controlling how you react to situations, and most importantly, living life to the fullest. And Courtney certainly can pass along information about accepting life's events. Courtney lost her dad, Mark, of course, uh, this past summer to a fight with cancer. So again, one of the proudest days in Mark's life would have been to see Courtney on that stage delivering that address, but wasn't to be. The good Lord had another another message but uh, Courtney's whole message was delivered in a story fashion and extremely heartfelt, Jill says. So well put together and so well delivered. And uh, Courtney is a very accomplished young lady already at just 20 years of age. And we're going to hear from that National Proficiency Award winner. It's Ethan Meisner from the Marshfield FFA. We'll hear about that next. But first of all, this from one of our sponsors, the Nasonville Dairy. It's that time of the year. Shop at the Nasonville Dairy at one of their two easy access locations, Highway 10 West, just outside of Marshfield. Also in the corner of Highway 29 and Sand Hill Avenue in Curtis for all your Wisconsin cheese and dairy product needs. They've got fresh cheese curds made daily and plenty of snacking ideas for your game day parties as well as those family and friend gatherings. Don't forget Nasonville's online store, too, to take care of that hard-to-shop-for person in your life. Please them with a custom-made cheese box filled with all the local favorites from the Nasonville Dairy. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Down here at the 95th National FFA Convention, I caught it with somebody that got to sit on the big stage on Thursday. Ethan Meisner. He's a finalist in the proficiency area. I am from Marshall, Wisconsin, and my SAE started in late 2016 when I was given the opportunity to work at our family friend's local meat processing facility, Hewitt's Meats. That's when it was located in Lindsay. I just started off helping people load boxes of meat into vehicles and then basic cleaning of my bosses end up expanding the plant to Marshfield. With that expansion led to my expansion and I ended up going from loading boxes of meat to working retail which was new for me as I got older and I got my license I was able to work more and more hours and then I would come in after school and on the summers and then I was able to learn the entire process of the sausage making process that included jobs such as like the mixing of the products stuffing of all like our sausage and then uh, all the way up until curing and 
cutting meat when I got 18 I was unable to cut meat and use the equipment such as the bandsaw and knives and then I was after our sauce making process was complete I would uh well the raw product I would then uh load stuff into the smokehouse I learned that entire process and then I was able to do it by myself and then I would put it into the cooler and then I learned the entire USDA packaging process I like learning it and I found joy in it and my bosses were able to teach me a lot and that ended up leading into uh me applying for UW River Falls for agricultural engineering because I feel like working in like an older meat processing facility to a new meat processing facility just taught me like the ins and outs of the entire processing process and uh, I just found joy in it so now I'm at UW River Falls for agricultural engineering. What were the steps to get you here from there? Most of the steps just started from the beginning of my SAE what I do to eventually throughout the years logging more hours and then completing my entire SAE process. I broke it down into like retail sanitation, processing, all those different categories of the entire SAE. And then as I aged and I put in more and more, I kept on getting higher up on the state finalist awards until I finally was old enough. I was like, well, I'd like to declare for a national proficiency. So then uh, it ended up working out for me. And now I'm down here at national convention. Hopefully I'm going to win. So you'll be on the stage for agricultural processing. First time being on that big stage? Yes, this is my first time. Congratulations on meeting this far. We'll keep up to date. We'll find out a little later how you placed. And that was Ethan Messner down here at the 95th National FFA Convention. Was on the big stage on Thursday afternoon. And I'm Joe Welke. And uh, Ethan Meisner, we'll correct Jill a little bit there. Ethan Meisner from the Marshfield FFA, he won. He's a national winner in ag processing. You heard all he's done and all he's going to do, and very successful. And congratulations to Ethan Meisner from the Marshfield FFA, a National Proficiency Award winner in agricultural processing. I just love that when those kids from our area win those awards because they work very, very hard. And again, thanks to the folks at the Nasonville Dairy and H&S Manufacturing. H&S Manufacturing in Marshfield and Clintonville for sponsoring our reports from the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis. H&S Manufacturing is a family-owned company that manufactures quality farm equipment in Marshfield and Clintonville. Right now, they're looking for dedicated workers to help carry their 55-year legacy forward. Some of their open positions include assembler, welder, laser operator, design engineer, safety director, and more. H&S offers top wages, a $2 shift differential, and an outstanding benefits package. Visit their website or Facebook page to browse their open positions and apply today. H&S Manufacturing, strong heritage, strong people, stronger future. Okay, look at some of the agriculture news other than FFA. Record low water levels on the Mississippi River continue to slow movement of grain to southern ports for shipment overseas. According to reports on the Data Transmission Network, Cargill has even stopped taking delivery of corn and soybeans at some of their river terminals in Illinois and Kentucky until water levels rise enough to support barge traffic. One official with the Soy Transportation Coalition called the situation very concerning. And officials with the Army Corps of Engineers, they don't know where to go for help since the law prevents them from releasing water from the Missouri River Basin into the Mississippi to help raise water levels. And, of course, this is a critical period of grain movement since 80% of our soybean exports happen from September through February. So, again, a very, very touchy situation. I've seen pictures where literally almost walk across the Mississippi River. The river is so low in some spots. Tough situation. 
been decades since that's happened. Coming up, fall insects. How bad are they? What are you seeing out there? Next on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Have you seen pests in your home this fall? I know I have some pesky insects on my farm that I've been seeing. And they're going to continue forcing their way into your homes during these fall months. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. P.J. Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab and state entomologist, also known as the Wisconsin Bug Guy, shares more about what insects we can expect to see and covers some spooky behaviors that they have that actually help farmers. And it's just in time for Halloween. There's quite a few insects active at the moment, especially uh, this last weekend. We've had some very nice warm temperatures up in the 70s in a lot of areas or 60s in northern part of the state. And that has meant plenty of insects such as box elder bugs, multicolored Asian lady beetles, and in some areas, brown marmorated stink bugs have been active. And what these insects are doing is they're crawling around looking for places to hunker down for the winter. Uh, And it's actually these warm periods in the fall that can be a trigger for them. It basically tells them winter's coming, you better find a place to hide for a while. Uh, And so they often will go to cliff faces if you were in an area that had rocky bluffs, that sort of thing. But uh, they do the same kind of thing on structures. So they may visually see cracks and crevices or lines and siding and mistake it for uh, a cliff face and they'll orient and go to those areas and then they kind of wander around and uh, try sneaking in. And any gap or crack that they can squeeze in through uh, might not be very big, but if they can get in, then they can end up being a, a little bit of a nuisance in your house during the winter months. The ones I'm seeing right now, they look like ladybugs, but they're not. Which ones are those? So that's the multicolored Asian lady beetle. And they're technically from the same group as our other lady beetles or ladybugs, but it's a species that is not native to our area. And they actually have a long story behind them. They were deliberately brought in at one point, or or at least we tried to bring them in. This goes back like 100 years or so, and they never really seemed to caught on. And, And so folks gave up on it. And then all of a sudden, several decades ago, boom, they were on the scene. And so now they're really pretty common and widespread. Uh, It's interesting because if you're a farmer, if you have those particular lady beetles out in, say, your soybean field, they're probably helping you out during the summer months, feeding on aphids and other small insects. But when they sneak into your home this time of the year, we're generally not too happy about that aspect. So how can you prevent them from being in your home? So a couple of thoughts. Look at the outside of your home, and you really have to spend some time on your hands and knees looking at the foundation and and things like that. But anywhere there is a potential crack or crevice or opening of some kind, that might be a potential entry point. So it's often along the foundation, maybe where the siding meets your foundation. They could get under that potentially, or a door. Doors and windows are often weak points where the siding meets up, and, and it might not be super snug right there. And so if you can go around your house and look for spots like that, you could, in theory, seal things up really well using maybe a caulk gun, a spray insulation foam that comes in a can, and it, it expands greatly when you apply it. You could make sure your weather stripping is in good shape or maybe replace that. You could use backer rod and things like that to really fill in gaps. But the point I want to make is if you seal up all those gaps and cracks, they won't won't be able to get in. Now, sometimes that can be a big undertaking, especially if you're in a 100-year-old farmhouse and there's a stone foundation. It's hard to do that, but the more you seal up, it's going to help keep them outdoors. 
Another thing you could do is you could either do this yourself, get something from the hardware store, or have a, a pest control professional come and do this. But uh, you could spray an insecticide just on those edges, those kind of potential entry points, so around door and window frames, maybe where your siding meets the soffit area, uh, just spray little strips in those areas, and that may be enough to either kill or repel the insects before they get indoors. So you don't need to broadcast spray the whole side of your house, but again, focus on those potential entry points, either sealing it up or spraying just in those discrete areas, and that can help at least prevent them from getting indoors. Are these insect patterns that we see impacted by weather patterns at all? from past years or how does that affect things? Any given year, some are going to do better than others due to weather and and other factors. But this year, I have seen weather play some really important roles with some of these insects. And along the lines of what we were just discussing, uh, there's a very common one this time of the year called the box elder bug, Uh, black and reddish. They like to hang out on the side of your home. Um, Those do very well under dry conditions which if you think about the weather patterns we've had in the state the last year and a half or so, it's been dry in many areas. And so it's no surprise to me that this year I'm seeing more box elder bugs than I've seen in perhaps the last decade or so. So that's definitely helped out certain insects like that. Uh, On the other hand, because it was relatively dry this year and last year, we didn't have to worry as much about mosquitoes this year, which was a nice thing and we got a bit of a reprieve. But if it's rainy in the future, weather could influence them in the other direction. We might see more of them at some point down the line. So weather can definitely play a role with all sorts of different kinds of insects. Halloween is coming up. Can we talk about some of the spooky insects that we may be seeing? There's a lot of insects out there and related creatures that folks might consider spooky. Uh, A lot of them are really quite harmless, though, to humans. And a good example of that, uh, very common this time of the year, are spiders that we call orb weaver spiders. And these are often the big plump ones that hang out in the web. So if any listeners are familiar with the children's book, Charlotte's Web, with that very charismatic spider, that was an example of an orb weaver spider. So they're really harmless to people, but they're very fitting for the Halloween season, I feel. But then there are some insects that are truly kind of spooky when you think about what they do. And to an entomologist, this is pretty cool stuff. Uh, One example here from Wisconsin is a type of wasp called a cicada killer wasp. And what these wasps do is the female will dig a little tunnel in the nest. And she nests by herself, but she specifically hunts cicadas, which are up in trees, uh, making that loud buzzing noise. She will hunt them, sting them, but when she stings them, it doesn't kill them. It just paralyzes them. And then she flies or drags this heavy cicada back to her nest in the ground, and that's what she feeds to the young while that cicada is still alive. So that's pretty spooky as well. And one other example, very relevant to farmers too, um, when we have aphids on our crops out in our fields, there are teeny tiny little wasps that uh, if you saw it flying, you'd probably consider it a gnat because they're so small. But some of these wasps specifically target and parasitize aphids. And what they'll do is the females will inject her eggs inside the aphids, the eggs hatch, and the wasp larva consumes the aphid from the inside, killing it. Uh, And these dead aphids maintain a nice, plump base shape. And we have a technical term for them, which is fitting for Halloween. We call those mummies. And if you're a farmer and you learn to recognize what mummies are, 
that lets you know that there is a lot of beneficial wasps in your field helping you out, and you may not need to spray an insecticide, for example. So that's kind of a spooky insect to a certain extent, but actually one that can be quite beneficial here on Wisconsin farms. P.J. Leash, entomologist, and Brent Winkwiz is here. And Brent, what did you say about listening to him? Thank There's people that like to study bugs because that's, that's uh, yeah. you imagine going to that dinner party and the exciting yeah. uh, listening to conversation. To do that. Did you see about that parasite that injected eggs? Into yeah, the, they're just going to have people stuff? on the edge uh, of their seat listening to that kind of stuff. As but, we get ready for breakfast this morning. You bet. <laughs> Brent is here and we'll hear from Brent and uh, the crops. I don't know if he's going to talk about bugs or not, but uh, we'll get an update. That's P.J. Leach with our charity, Seebecker, uh, talking about insects and we're going to talk about some news coming up here on wax morgan's going to join us agriculture it's a wisconsin way of life wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report and speaking of wheat and grain let's uh, pass along the prices of wheat and grain in chippewa falls today the corn is 624 beans 1313 and in uh, connersville 619 for the corn 1303 for the beans well, we're going to get a weather update. Mike Dandry is going to join us. But first things first, Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom on a beautiful Friday morning. Good morning, Morgan. What's going on? Oh, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. To end the week, we have updates that include police saying a woman who crashed into a Wisconsin state senator last summer was driving 100 miles an hour. The Wisconsin State Patrol yesterday said Alyssa Orban was speeding down Highway 2 in Ashland last July when she smashed into Senator Janet Buley's car. Orban's five-year-old daughter died in that crash. She died later at a hospital. Buley wasn't seriously hurt. Troopers say the speed limit on that stretch of road is 45 miles an hour. Ortman's ex has filed a wrongful death lawsuit because of the crash. In headlines nearer to us, there are crashes in Chippewa County for last month's high-speed chase that ended with a crash. Prosecutors yesterday filed endangering safety and hit-and-run charges against 20-year-old Chad Miska. He was arrested in September in Marathon County after a chase that stretched from Marathon County into Chippewa County. He's due back in court next week to face those charges. Well, the debates are on, the polls are fired up, and the election day looms closer, and there was a lot of talk about abortion during Wisconsin's debate for Attorney General. Current Attorney General Josh Call and Republican challenger Eric Tony met for their only debate last night, and maybe you caught part of that. Call accused Tony of being extreme because he supports Wisconsin's law that bans almost all abortions. Meanwhile, Tawny walked back statements that he would give local prosecutors the power to file charges in abortion cases if the AG's office did not. Tawny, for his part, hammered call on what he says is a lack of focus on crime at the AG's office, including a backlog of child sex case referrals. Meanwhile, when it comes to you, another snapshot of voters will be released next week. We can expect Marquette Law School to release another poll next Wednesday that show how voters feel about the state heading into the election. Bolsters say the new poll will provide insight on whether voters think the state is on the right track, and they'll show how things are with candidates for governor in that U.S. Senate race, both still very tight. The city of Eau Claire is still waiting to see if it will get more money before deciding on next year's budget. City Council last night agreed to hold off on its second public budget hearing until after the election. We'll keep you posted on that. Well, if you're interested in lighting up for the holidays... Then Parade of Lights is coming back. You can get more information online for that cause. Maybe start stringing up this weekend as it's supposed to be pretty nice out there. 715newsroom.com for more info on the Parade of Lights. And to the red carpet and the bright lights of L.A., the most famous celebrity there is ready to make a debut with a new makeover. And it's not a person, right, Mike? 
The Hollywood sign is gleaming brightly atop the Hollywood Hills again after finishing a month-long renovation on Wednesday. 400 gallons of new paint were used to spruce up the L.A. icon. A crew of local painters scaled steep, rocky terrain to reach the 45-foot letters. The sign's makeover was scheduled to coincide with its 100th anniversary next year, according to the Hollywood Sign Trust, the group that oversees the structure. I'm Michael Kastner. And no makeover needed for our own icon. I don't think even a fresh coat of paint would help. He's perfect just the way he is, right? You'll see as we go back to the barn with Bob Bolsold in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Oh, Morgan, you embarrass me when you talk like that. <laughs> Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning as only she can deliver the news the way she does. Well, let's find out about our weather. I think you're going to like that, too, because Mike Dandry is over in the weather room, courtesy of Chippewa Valley Bean this morning. And, Mike, I was looking out at your good morning, first of all. Well, good morning to you, too. <laughs> I was looking out at your uh, extended forecast over at WAU. I, next Friday is the first chance of any meaningful rain? Yeah, and uh, our drought conditions, of course, getting a little bit worse. A lot of the area in the D1, we do have uh, some areas off towards the far west in Pepin, Pierce, and St. Croix counties there, and D2 as well. And, of course, we know uh, towards the Twin Cities, just west of there, they're in D3 drought. So, yeah, it's uh, we could really use the moisture. But, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case, at least for uh, the next about the next week. Now, today... We'll start off with some cloud cover, but staying dry, and then those will clear on out, and we'll see more sunshine. Upper 50s, low 60s for our highs. Tonight, mostly clear, upper 30s for our lows, and that sets up more sunshine through the weekend, and we'll have temperatures into the low to mid-60s to take us through Monday, and we'll have a little bit of a cooler day on Monday, but still, when I say cooler, it'll still be about 10 degrees above average. More sunshine right around the 60-degree mark, pretty much a repeat offender of today. And more sunshine going into Tuesday and Wednesday with mid to potentially upper 60s on tap. And then heading into next Friday, again, that's when we may have a chance uh, at some showers. And good news out of that is our 6 to 10 day precipitation outlook shows that we may even see some above average uh, rainfall going into the first couple of days of November. Otherwise, uh, right now we have a few clouds hanging around with a temperature of 46 degrees in Eau Claire. So when we start getting moisture at the end of uh, next week and the weekend... It's not going to turn white, is it? No, it doesn't look like that right now, but uh, we all know that it's uh, it's right around the corner. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is. Thanks, Mike. Have a good weekend. You too, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. There we go. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our weather forecast. 24 minutes now before 6 o'clock here at Wax. Glad to have you along as we look at our weather. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 21 minutes before 6 o'clock. And again, just scanning the uh, schedule in the FFA convention today on Friday, 8 o'clock this morning. The conduct of chapter meetings competition or awards. And, of course, Marshfield was involved in that. Also, uh, marketing plans and parliamentary procedure. Menominee FFA involved in that. So, again, uh, Jill is down there. Jill Wilkie is down there. And we'll get to some of that information. In case you missed it just a little while ago, we returned her talking to Ethan Meisner from the Marshfield FFA, who is a national finalist, national proficiency award finalist. And if you're not familiar with this, they have all these kids, young people from all over the country apply for these awards. They whittle it down to four, and there are four finalists at the National Convention. They go on stage, and uh, they're evaluated, and the national winner is then selected. 
from those final four, and Ethan Meisner from Marshfield was chosen as the National Proficiency Award winner in agricultural processing. So, again, good things from down there in the Indianapolis area with the National FFA Convention. And, again, our thanks to Nasonville Dairy and H&S Manufacturing for sponsoring our reports. We've got more farm news to look at. We've got markets. Brent is here. It's a busy Friday morning on Wax as we look at some more of our farm news. Brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at more of our farm news, courtesy of Chippewa Ag Solutions, Hurricane Ian that uh, recently ravaged Florida, and parts of Florida at least, was expensive. Preliminary figures, these are just again preliminary figures from the Florida Department of Agriculture, estimate uh, already the storm damage as much as $109 or $1.9 billion. $1.9 billion, that's just to agriculture. That includes about $676 million in damage to their citrus industry, another $231 million in losses to the rest of Florida's fruit and vegetable industries, $160 million for row crops, $297 million for lost horticulture crops, and about $492 million in losses to Florida's livestock industry. And Brent Wink is here, and Brent, I want you to listen to this. Iowa agronomists have identified another weed that farmers have to be aware of in the future. It's called Asian copper leaf. And it was identified earlier this summer in a soybean field. Right now, the plant is not included on the list of weeds considered a threat to the U.S., but USDA officials say the weed has the potential to be harmful to row crops. And their news release also says Asian copper leaf is adapted to survival in about 75% of the United States. This is actually the second time the weed has been found in the country. About six years ago, it was also found, but... Uh, just one outbreak, and it was gone, apparently, but not forgotten. It's come back, native to China, Australia, Japan, and other parts of the South Pacific. You ever heard of that? I had not. And, again, thank goodness there's weed scientists studying that kind of stuff yeah. to keep us up. Let's hope the 25% that it's not adapted to is the cold north where we are. Yeah, the only problem is it doesn't take long before then it gets adapted. Yes. It, it mutates and becomes adaptable. Yeah, absolutely. To so Asian copper leaf, we'll keep an eye on that. and gives you something to investigate. Yeah, I too. know. This weekend I'm going to study <laughs> up on it, and next Friday I'll have a full report. Oh, uh, boy. All right, we'll see about that. Brent is with us, and he'll be back. We've got markets to get to. We'll do that. We're about uh, 17 minutes away from 6 o'clock here at WAC. Almost a quarter to 6 here on a Friday morning at WAC. Again, 47 degrees. Nice day today. Some southerly breezes, partly cloudy. Clouds should be out of here early morning. High about 60. Let's find out what happened yesterday over at the Equity L Tuna Barn. And Jim Lindsay has the numbers. Choice beef steers, Neffers $1.20 to $1.41. Choice dairy cross steers, Neffers $1.20 to $1.40. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.30 to $1.40. Choice Holstein steers, $1.15 to $1.29. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.14 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 74 to 85. We had a top of 91. 60% of the cows sold from 55 to 73. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 54 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 76 to 93. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 75 and down. Cold bulls sold from 80 to 95. Thin, full horned, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $120 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $230 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from 60 to 70. 
Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, October 28th, starting at noon. We are expecting 200 to 250 head for this sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to the upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. Hi, Jim. Thank you. Jim Lindsay over there at the uh, Altoona Barn. Let's find out what's going on this week and went on this week over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Probably a good morning to you, and we got a nice warm morning this morning, 42 degrees, looking at another nice fall day, and, uh, well, we've got to be thankful for all this nice weather, and don't sound like we're getting anything uh, really nasty until, well, the end of next week. Yeah, so. we got a week of nice weather in store for us, that is for sure. So, again, uh, harvest continues. Let's uh, do it safely. Hey, wrap up the week over there at Stratford Forest, Jerry. I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And like Bob said, the wrap-up from the week here at Equity Stratford on yesterday's auction also. And on the cow market this week, mostly Chinese trends throughout the week on the cows. High-yielding fleshy uh, Holstein and beef cows this week. We're selling mostly from 73 to 84. Uh, fancy cows up to 87. Most of the cows this week selling between 52 and 72. Thinner cows, plainer cows below 50. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls mostly from 85 to 105. Lighter bulls below 85. Organic market on Tuesday, uh, high-yielding organic cows, uh, they are selling from 87 to 105, lower-yielding organic cows below 85, and of course we do sell those every Tuesday. On the fed cattle trade this past week here at Stratford, uh, choice grading beef steers and heifers, uh, selling mostly from a dollar 24 to a dollar 44 and a half. Choice grading Holstein steers, a dollar 18 to a dollar 32. High-yielding choice strictly prime Holsteins from 132. 137, select grading under finished cattle, 115 and below. On the calf market, Holstein bull calves also relatively steady this week. The better quality bull calves weighing 90 to 130 pounds, mostly from 50 to 140. Uh, tops on the week on the bull calves from 140 up to 160. Heifer calves mostly 25 to 65. Beef calves, good demand on those beef calves, 175 to 325. And fancy beef calves topped at 355. And uh, just taking a look at uh, next week here at Stratford, uh, uh, full marketing week, of course. Our next hay sale will be next uh, Tuesday, November 1st. Our next dairy auction also next Tuesday. Uh, as part of that dairy auction next week, folks, we do have a very nice herd, complete herd dispersal, 40 registered Holstein milk cows, 10 shortbread heifers, uh, along with the black and whites. There's going to be some red and whites in this herd, so... A lot of information on this herd on our website. We invite you folks to take a look at that. Again, a very good opportunity. Uh, nice, uh, nice herd of cows for that sale next Tuesday. And, of course, next Wednesday will be that special red-hided uh, feeder cattle sale featuring the red-hided cattle. Of course, we do take uh, all feeder cattle next week, and not only the red and whites. We'll have uh, breeding bulls on that sale and also bred uh, heifers and bred cows. So, again, we're taking consignments for that. And 687-4101 is our phone number to consign for these sales. And, invite you to call us and like bob said a lot of harvesting going on so folks do it carefully and uh well uh, i know bob you and i watch the markets every day and a lot of us uh that have been in the dairy around the berry business and it's really getting kind of concerning with this uh, drop in the uh, cheese market etc so we'll have to wait and see what happens i guess absolutely i mean we've seen it for years it goes up and down and sometimes you scratch your head as to why hey you have a good weekend and uh, we'll talk to you next week you too bob now where's uh where's your wisconsin badgers this week Home and bed, they're off. Oh! <laughs> well, I'm sorry I asked. But <laughs> yeah. they're back next week in Maryland. Have a good one, Jer. You betcha, Bob. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And Brent's with us, but before we do that, let's uh, tell you about the grain market. Uh, under a little pressure, corn and wheat, beans lower yesterday, poor corn sales, some rain in the winter wheat area. 
oil fell yesterday in the bean mit, the bean pits. Uh, December corn overnight down four six seventy eight. The oats at three fifty nine. Wheat down nine to ten at eight twenty eight. November beans down eight at thirteen seventy four. And December meal down a dollar ninety at four hundred thirteen dollars and fifty cents. Country elevator prices: wheat and grain at Chippewa Falls corn six twenty four. Beans thirteen thirteen at Connersville corn six nineteen. The beans at thirteen oh three on our DTN screen. Corn at Arcadia at six thirty eight today. Baldwin and Mondovi corn six twenty three. Beans twelve eighty nine. Duran six thirteen and twelve seventy nine. And Elmwood the corn six twenty three. The beans at twelve ninety four. Falkey, the corn's down to 608, the beans at 1254. Osseo, 628 on the corn, 1294 on the beans. Elk Mound, soybeans, 1299. Sparta, 620 and 1282. Ellsworth, 603 and 1239 at the ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley. Corn, 628, New Richmond, 626. Barrel cheese down five and a half, 192 and a half. Blacks down another three and three quarters, $1.96. Butter down a half, three fourteen and a half. October class three up a nickel, twenty one eighty three. November down eight at twenty thirty nine. December eighteen eighty down thirty. January down twenty two at eighteen ninety one. February down six at nineteen twenty seven. Friday morning and he's in the house. Brent Wink with us. He doesn't know much about uh, Asian copper leaf, but I know there are a lot of other things he knows about. On our covering the crops program, brought to you by Winfield United Division of. Land of Lakes uh, Agriculture, and uh, what have you seen this past week since you didn't see any Asian copper Yeah, leaf? I better be on the lookout, I guess. But yes, good morning. It's, uh, wow, what a what a harvest season. Man, it's, just it's been, been nice. Unbelievable weather, and we continue to roll along. All of our Wisconsin answer plots have been harvested. They actually had a few beans to take out earlier in the week and got all the corn wrapped up and seeing a lot of good results. And so I thought I'd just highlight and recap our Menominee answer plot, kind of the closest one in this area. So we have the three corn maturity sets, the 90-day maturity set, all the varieties that were in that plot. We had a plot average of 204 bushel with uh, moisture content around 20%. And the top varieties in that 90-day set were Cropland 3490 and NK 9231. Both of those varieties were 230 to 240 bushel top in that plot. The 95-day plot, that entire average was about 232 bushel, a point and a half wetter on the average versus that 90-day at 21.5%. But uh, the top two varieties in that plot were DeKalb 4535 and DeKalb 4574, each around 260 bushel. And then last, the 100-day plot at the Menominee uh, answer plot. All the varieties there, the plot average was 239 bushel. The moisture was 23%, so another point and a half wetter than the 95-day set. And the top varieties there were DeKalb 5299 and Cropland 3980 in that 257 to 273 bushel range. So definitely something I, I talked about a few weeks ago when you saw uh, each maturity set, we saw a nice little bump in yield. Uh, you did see a little bump in the moisture as well. That's to be expected. But you look at a season like this where we had all kinds of good heat throughout the Late summer and into fall, you're definitely going to see that reward on the fuller season hybrids. So, again, the data continues to pour in. All the agronomists at Synergy Co-op and Alcivia Co-op and all of your Winfield United Co-ops have got a lot of this data and can kind of help you sort through all of that as you start making next year's seed decisions. So, How much uh, 
how did that react or how did that uh, rank with the past three, four years as far yeah, as yield? Yeah, you know, I, when I look at the Menominee plot, which for us is one of our garden spots, that yeah. plot has great fertility and, and things, and we're we're off overall a little bit from the last couple of years. And Ronnie, saw, Ronnie Proc now knows how to spread fertilizer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Too, he he it, can spread her. <laughs> yep. So that that uh, some of the top varieties are are kind of about where they were okay. the last few years. So it's a little later season this year, a little later start. So some of the top top yields are off just a little bit, but it's still incredible yields coming out of there. And I know. When we were over there at the field day, to talk to uh, the folks about this uh, smart corn, the shorter mm-hmm. corn. Did you have any of that uh, in the in there this year or not? N- no. Okay. So that's uh, that's something Bayer's got in yeah. the pipeline, and they've Bear got a, their research facility down in Janesville, and we just uh, legally couldn't have that yeah. yet. I, I think we might have it in next year's uh, plots. So something that uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on. See Did how you that notice compares. anything as far as any? Tar spot, any disease? In there? You know, tar spot continues to be found on a lot of different hybrids. Some hybrids seem to be tolerating it a little bit more than others, but uh, this season it didn't seem to have the yield impact on it like it did last year. So, so for you, Bob, no Badger game this weekend. So no, sign the you, sign you up for this week. Sign you up for grain cart driving then tomorrow. Boy, I'll tell you, there's uh, you could use a few, couldn't you? I'll have you in the grain cart, or, yeah. or uh, let let the guys know a guest guy driving tractor tomorrow. We'll point yeah, you in the right happen. direction. It could happen. We should see it, but it's going to be a beautiful day. And Great weekend for harvest. Do it safely. You bet. You have a good weekend. All Mark. right. Thanks, Brent. Brent Wink with us on our Covering the Crops program, brought to you by uh, Winfield United Ag Division of Land Lakes. And uh, we've got 47 right now. It's going to be nice for the next week. So, again, the harvest will continue. Do it safely. 47 right now, 60, partly cloudy. The clouds will be moving out of here before too long this morning. If they're still here, enjoy the weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.